welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Oh, gosh. It's so bad. Kombucha. It's just the worst. Um, good day, everyone. I'm going to jump in and uh, fix that rogue hair. It's out of nowhere there. Um, Jake, you can start the podcast now. If you are new here, let's just go through this. There is, this is a year where things are crazy. Things are not what they normally uh, kind of appear to be as a teacher. This is not the year that you learned how to, you know, get ready for when you were in college. It's not the year you learned how to get ready for in any sense of, of the idea uh, of being, I think, a human being or, uh, or an educator. But the idea that you have to figure this out from scratch, the idea that you are in this alone, the idea that you have to recreate the wheel or that you are um, without a community is wrong, right? What we are doing here on Sunday nights is, uh, or afternoon actually, it's 1.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is every Sunday we are meeting together as a community to help one another be the teachers that we were called to be, be the teachers that we dreamed of being when we got into this gig. So to do that, we create this space where, uh, you know, every Sunday uh, people show up and we you ask questions. I have answers, but I'm not the only one. There are people that are on this. If this is your first time, don't be weirded out. When Tracy Pinter starts talking about your problem, you're like, I don't even know who this lady is. And it's like, I'm telling you right now that she's going to have answers for some of your stuff because um, she's just a wonderful human being. The John Lopez's of the world, and even the uh, Mr. James Peets, who's not with us today. He is, he's... Bogged down with... He's bogged down with work, yeah. right? So it is I'll like... Watch it later on the rebrand. Yeah, so these folks will show up um, in the chat, right? The whole idea here, right, is to show up on what can be the most terrifying day of the week, and especially leading up to, in America here, we have like a, I guess you would call it a holiday. Ha Halloween's a holiday. I don't know. I don't know what the root of the word holiday is. I'm sure John Lopez does. But, um, <laughs> you know, whenever there is, like we have a half day this Friday, and that just throws your week into disarray sometimes because the kids are just excited and it's weird timing. So, look, if this is not enough for you, we also have a Facebook page. You go to the Facebook page and it is uh, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook is a closed site, so you have to answer like these three easy questions. Um, otherwise, you just get sent, you know, you just wait forever to, for acceptance. There's also a book. My book, Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching, is something that is um, new-ish uh, that came out that I literally tried to write a book that I wish... Um, existed when I started teaching my wife is distracting me because I see her looking at the computer screen and seeing how much she can see my shirt right now because we also have merch coming out and so we got three so we had to get test shirts in first right um but this is the new shirt one of the new shirts education is only ever about the students um little teacher class off thing there at the bottom and so these will be available on the website soon along with a whole bunch of other stuff, but there have been things getting in the way. Like we wanted hoodies made so also, but the hoodies are made in Germany. And for whatever reason, we can't get them from Germany right now because of COVID. I don't know what the Germans are up to over there. There's whole lots of issues with learning drop shipping for me on yeah. my end. Like so many issues. It's been a lot problems, of learning, but it's, it's coming. And then designing and making sure that they look right. So we had to order one of everything to just make sure that they look but I'm telling you, man, this shirt is pretty, 
pretty slick. I like it a lot. Um, and so, yeah, so that's on, on its way. Um, that's it. Anything else I want to tell people about? Uh -huh. Or if you need, I, you you, there's, all, there's all kinds there. of services. If you go to the website, go to realrapwithreynolds.com, you can get everything from man, from mentoring services to the to the book. To you can, I mean, to get the book, you just go to teacherclassoff.com and get the book there as well. But I'm trying to get closer to this camera, but the dog's right in my way. He will not leave me for anything. Um, yeah. Oh, you have to put in... What are you trying to do? I wanted to make a link, but that's not touchable. But, okay. Is John Lopez speaking German right now? You know he why? Because he's the most interesting man in the world. Those are some of the greatest commercials that ever existed. Look, it still doesn't make it a touchable link. I don't know. All right. It's real rapid. We're tech savvy people. All teachers are tech savvy people now. I am not a tech savvy person. All right, I'm gonna keep drinking this kombucha. You got a question for me? So here's what happens. Drop your question in the in the chat, and then if you put Q or question before it, it just lets my helper Edie know in Texas so she can help my the not so secret wife helper here in New Jersey who can tell me who's sitting right next to her, yes. who's sitting right next to the dog. We have a whole like succession of how this works. Okay. Manuel is asking, uh, I think I said that right, Monel, Manel, Manel, yes, is asking, hi, what are some good ways to reinforce um, students' good behavior? How can teachers build a classroom that's based on trust? Um, so I think it differs uh, online clearly as to where we are now. Some kids like being shouted out. Some kids want the recognition, the student of the week, the student of the month, the big sticker, the special tie that, you know, in our school we do like, uh, if you get into college, they give you like college acceptance tie. If you are student of the week, you get a special t-shirt, then you don't have to wear the uniform for the week. You can just wear the t-shirt. Um, these are things that some kids love getting that loud and proud, you know, ex you know, ex exciting experience. Um, where I might shout somebody out. I, one of my things I used this week, I don't remember what the website is off the top of my head, but I found soundboards online that allow me to hit sound effects if students get something right or wrong. And so it's like, uh, maybe it's like that horn noise, maybe it's a Jeopardy noise, a Wheel of Fortune noise, a video game noise. Um, or if they don't do well, I have like, one of them is like Yoda saying, and this is why you fail. And so it's just so funny to me, but sometimes it's like oh you got a great answer um hitting that that button and letting the kids know and celebrating them out loud but not everybody wants to be like that and i feel like um you know talking to to my helper edie um we've had a lot of conversations about this where edie is like a really wonderful teacher she really cares about her students um but even growing up like she was like no i didn't i didn't want any of that stuff and i was always like oh no hell yeah i want all of it and so which is I mean, speaks to our personalities very, very well. But um, for those other students, I think it is putting it on a posted. Is she texting you right now? Well, not about what you're All saying. right. Is <laughs> uh, putting it on posted note. Hey, you're doing a really great job. Or um, like, I want you to know that I see what you're doing. Or uh, getting like eyeball stickers. I have a whole drawer of eyeballs in my room. And I just take these little eyeballs, some of them are big, some of them are small, and I stick them on kids and I go, 
got an eye on you. And it's so dumb, but it like lets it's like just the right amount of of praise for students that don't really want it. Or getting stickers. I find even the the stupidest stickers from the dollar store that's like a dump truck or an acorn or whatever. It's like, bro, dump trucks are really useful and so are you. I want you to have this sticker to remember that by. And it's just it's goofy. Um, so I find that th those are good ways to, to do that. It doesn't always have to be like these super extravagant ideas because not everyone likes to be praised in that same way. What you got? Okay, Logan is asking... How to create a teachergram. Hold on. <laughs> Health comes first. I'll tell you this. I think one, it's, it's, before you figure out how, it's why are you doing it? So there are different people. Everyone has a different reason. When I make anything, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook groups, writing books about me, but having shirts, whenever I make anything in my business about me, just like if I make anything in my classroom about me, I am, I, I look, I'm going to, let's just, let's just go this full route. I'm lesser for it. My efforts don't feel as good. I want an outcome that, um, is going to make me look good, make me feel good, give me the, the love and respect and the acclimation and stuff like that. And so, but whenever I make it about students, whenever I make it about helping people, whenever I think of my life and how I can, like, so even with our business, making money, right? I love making money. I want to have nice things also. I want to be able to pay my car on time and not have, and not every time a tow truck goes down the street, you're like, shit, where's that tow truck going? When PSG and G, the electric company drives down the street, I don't want to be like, did they just stop in front of the house? Because I've been there and it sucks. And you're like, wait, is that guy? Is I laugh because I'm just like, if those are real examples and you're like, of our yeah, life at points. PSG and G just ride, ride down the street. Do we have checks? Do we have any, do we have any checks? Oh my God, are they coming? Right? But what I want to do is be a blessing to others, right? And even if you're not like a, like a church person, my life, if I can think about being a blessing to others, it shifts everything, right? That's why education is only ever about the students because when I make it about me, I create different lessons. When I hone in and focus on students, I am blessing them. So Instagram, right? Teacher grams, having a Facebook group, having a Twitter, whatever it is. Is it just about you getting your ideas out there or are you trying to get ideas out there so that you can um inspire motivate and change the world of education are you trying to get student stories out there so that they can then have a voice as well so you can fight against some of those um narratives that are wrong in in whatever space you're living in um is it you doing feet up friday because you got cute new shoes you want everyone to know about it nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that or are you trying to say Yo, let's kick back this Friday and like, here's my message. Here's what I'm feeling because here's what's, here's what's the thing, right? Your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary. And so in doing things like, like putting stuff out on Instagram, it can actually inspire people. Now look, Instagram has, is, can damn well be a place where we feel inferior, where we feel like less than because of what everybody else is putting out there. And you think, damn, I'm not that good. Like, I'll tell you what, but but it can also make you up your game. So when I see stuff that like my friend um, Shivy 
from Call Me Shivy is doing. I get inspired by what he's doing. I just literally also had a conversation this morning. Um, there's a guy on Instagram, uh, Jonathan Alshamire. Does he just go by? Is that his tag? Is oh, it just Mr. Alshamire? At Mr. Alshamire, he is doing really cool lessons in class right now, where he's like making video content that is like a almost like Carmen Sandiego esque for his kids, and then. I don't know if they're watching it asynchronously or synchronously or whatever, but he's just doing awesome stuff. So you have a choice, right? So what it's, I'm getting crushed by that. And I feel like a piece of crap. And like, oh man, Ashmar's like doing this job. And like, I'm over here, like trying to figure it out or I get inspired by that. So it's, I think if you're putting stuff out into the world that is meant to just inspire, motivate people, then it can only go well. So that's, that's, that's my take on that. And then try and just be a blessing. Like go to other people's sites too. Never ask for anyone to follow you. That's the other small thing. Never say, hey, come check out my site. Hey, I think you'd really like this post. It is just blessing people. Go to their sites, bless them. You bless someone enough times, they're going to go, who the hell is this person? And then they eventually look at your stuff. Um, even though Mr. James Pete is not with us today, he mailed in a question. <laughs> so I'm going to, he is asking. My guy. Yep. Um, he said, what is something you've done over the past week or two with your students that showcases you being flexible as a teacher, a change up you've made based on something that either wasn't working or something that you just needed to stay sane or both being flexible is always so important and just look for some inspirations after nine weeks. I think one of the things was, um, there's so much good stuff to use online from, there's so many sites. There's so many places to get information from. So whether you're using like um, Verizon now has free uh, content on their site. Adobe has great stuff on their site that's free that con that teachers can use. And I work with both those companies. So like just, but that's not why I'm mentioning them. I just think mm -hmm. it's really good stuff. I've, I always talk about the New York Times having good stuff. Um, there's, you know, whether it's, Sorry, I don't even know half of them are. Like I said that already. Yeah, they do. Uh, Scribble or um, Edpuzzle or Schoology has some good ways to do stuff. Like there's so much different stuff. Nearpod, uh, vocabulary, it's endless. What I found was that doing too much stuff was overwhelming my students, was sending them to too many different sites, um, was a really cool idea, but I found that here's what, how I'm viewing my year. It is stripping my year down so that instead of being, um, let's go full nerd here, instead of, and I don't, here's what I'm trying not to do. I'm trying not to hold myself up too high and make myself sound awesome, but this is the mindset I'm going with. I'm taking myself out of the, for those of you that know these, these bands, the MF Doom mindset, the Rush mindset the um super like like bands that are like super high achieving masters of their craft kind of thing the Kendrick Lamar mindset to what is like the punk rock version of what I'm trying to do what is the old school Eric B and Rakim version of what I'm trying to do what's the old school minor threat version of what I'm trying to do so what you're doing is instead of having a, you know a 20 piece orchestra backing your band and you have all these different resources and you're doing all this cool stuff and there's all these things going on. It's like Nirvana was three people like 
um, black flag was four. So it's like, how can you minimize what you're doing to the core? Because it, when you can do that, when you realize that it's the fundamentals that still work, right? You don't need all the other stuff. So I've been pulling from just a few sites. So I've been using, I, I think I said this before, I've been using Schoology. I use Nearpod sometimes, especially for special education students, because I can embed questions to break up videos that I'm showing. Um, and one other thing I've been using that is going to escape me at the moment. Um, but it's basically, that's it. And so by condensing everything I'm doing, by making every day the same thing, it is a do now, it is a journal entry, it is reading, it is questions. And then sprinkling magic on top of that, that's how I've been doing it. And so when you're trying to think of engagement, engagement isn't always the lesson. The lesson is the lesson is the lesson, right? The stake is the stake is the stake. But are you using um, special sauce on your steak? Are you using wood chips to grow it with instead of gas? Are you like, what is the way you're preparing it? What is the way you're presenting it? What is the way that you're, something you're doing with it and not just like vocab's vocab. How are you, how are you serving your vocab up though? I think is the, is the change. So that's one of the ways I've pivoted a lot. And I'll tell you what, it's saved my mental space. In the last two weeks, school has been much easier, much more understand, like much more, um, something I can grasp, something I can, I can plan for. And, and it's just been way less of a strain. All right. Cheyenne is asking, do you do student conferences? What is the best way to meet slash chat with kids about grades and personal stuff with conferences? Um, I find that, so one of the things I did last week, um, maybe two weeks ago, we started using breakout rooms in Schoology. So when I'm in school, it's different. Like in school, I can just talk to kids whenever, like I'm just visible. Um, I'm out there in the morning when you're coming in the building, right? Even if I have stuff to do, like I get there early enough to get my stuff done. So I'm not running when school starts, when school starts. And I, I got this from a college professor who said, uh, he said he was always prepared for every test and quiz. He never studied right before the test. Instead, he would just sit there like he was chilling. Like my man was just ready for the assessment. And I love that idea because it's, it's even in your head it's a portrayal of confidence, right? And if there's anything you want to do, anything you want to be in the world, you start by just thinking about like, what if those people do? I just had to talk with someone about this last night. We're like, if you want to be a great teacher, start thinking, what do great teachers do? And then do it. If you want to be healthy, what do healthy people do? And then do it. Instead of like waiting to be that, it's like, just start doing it now. And if you do that, if you act that out now, then you're being it and then you're doing it and it kind of all comes together. Anyway, what I'm getting to is like, it is confidently meeting my students every day. It's greeting every kid at the door. It is saying things to kids when they need to hear it, whether that's a positive thing or whether it's something that they need like a little bit of, um, like I guess you could say discipline or like a reminder or some reinforcement on something too. Um, it is, so it's learning how to have those difficult conversations. It's hanging out after school and talking to kids and helping them to know that you care about them. So you're willing to talk about anything that they're interested in. So it's all these different things that you can do in school. It's really easy. Virtual though, has been when I put kids in breakout rooms and let's say somebody asks me a question, right? First of all, this is so I'm so ridiculous. I'm not, I can't I, like, I'm so ridiculous on a level that like, even to share my ideas sometimes are 
I'm just like, everyone's gonna think this is dumb. Um, I will enter the room and I use sound effects that sound like someone is like magically appearing, right? And then when I leave the Zoom room, I do the same thing where I'll just be like, it sounds like glitter sprinkling or something like magic happening and then I just disappear from their Zoom room. Um, but when I answer a question for a kid, I always go, hey, real quick, man, that was a great question. First of all, appreciate you asking me that. Let me just ask you real quick. Um, so what are you doing this weekend? You have anything like fun going on? You have anything that sucks going on? Um, if you could go anywhere this weekend, where would you go? If you could, um, like, and then it's just like, sometimes it's dumb stuff. It's like, uh, if you could have one more arm or one more leg, which one would you pick? And so it's just like, and it's, it's so dumb that like kids are like, they never, I, my hope is they never know what to expect from what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. And it's when you build in that level of sort of fraternizing with kids it, I think it takes, it breaks down walls. It brings down barriers. And then kids will share things with you and open up to you in a way that really helps you to allow them to, to figure out how to grow and change into the person that they want to be. What you got, buddy? Sophie is asking, what is your mantra? And thank you for everything you're doing. Helps me a lot. Oh, man. I have a lot. I mean, I was so just I, thinking it's hard. How do you pick them? Yeah. Them? I feel like they so change. some that I'm thinking of right now, um, I'll take two that are on my mind for right now. One, I like just heard this morning and it hit me so hard is, um, so we, uh, we're part of this church in Jersey called change church. And this, the guy that leads it, is one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met in my life. And I, I, I think one of the reasons I think he's so extraordinary is he's not just preaching to the choir. Like this is someone that if you got his advice, even if you weren't religious, you'd be like, damn, that's some, that's some damn good advice. Um, and so for those of you that saw my video back in like June, I think it was on why not be fire. I love this idea. It's a story from the desert fathers. Uh, and the brief version is this, the brief version is, um, one of the priests goes to like, kind of higher up priest and says, look, I've been trying to do everything I can to get closer to God, right? To be the best version of a Christian that I can be. And this, and even if you're not a Christian, I like, I like telling you stories to know that like, I'm not trying to push one way or the other, right? But here's, here's the gist of it. He says, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been giving my money. I've been like, like, like really trying to like draw myself closer to God. What else can I do? And with that, this guy, Father Abba, raises his hands in the air and fire comes out of his palms. And he says, why not be fire? And to me, that means that's that special thing that I am. That special thing that I bring to the classroom, that I bring to my relationship with my wife, that I bring to my relationship with my kids, to my community, to everything that I do. It's that, it's that thing that I am. It's that thing that I've been called to be. Because even as teachers, we're on all called to be the same type of teacher. We're not all called to be the same type of spouse. And, and we see that when you work with someone who's finding success, who's the opposite of you, right? I was talking to my friend Cho this week, um, who's now out in California uh, attending Harvard University. Um, and so she and I were talking about what it means to be a good leader. And like sometimes some of her things are like way different than how I think, right? But when I think, what does it mean to be be fire for me. I know I have a sense of what that is. And you can watch the video if you want to get that. Today's quote was um, from John Wesley, who said, I set my 
I set myself on fire and the whole world showed up to watch me burn. And that idea of why not be fire and that idea from John Wesley, right, could sound like someone's a dumpster fire and like the paparazzi's there like watching them burn. To me, it means you are truly living into who you are meant to be. And it is so wildly attractive to people when you can do that. Like your students see that you're on fire. Your students see that you're giving everything you can in the most loving way that you can. And they can't help. It's like when I say you can lead a horse to water and you can't make a drink, but you can make it thirsty. And so when we can think about in what ways can you sort of light yourself on fire, and I don't recommend doing this in any sort of literal sense. So like, don't light yourself on fire and then tell me, tell him Reynolds told me to do this. But uh, it is living out of that space um, that, you know, kind of reminds me of like John, uh, oh damn, what's his name? Who wrote On the Road? Lopez, who wrote On the Road? Um, and he talks about being the mad ones. He's the, uh, for me, it's the mad ones. Uh, John Lopez is going to tell us in a second because I can't mm -hmm. remember who it was. It's killing me. Anyway, that and then um, another quote that I saw recently is, creativity is intelligence having fun. I really like that one as well. What you got, dude? Um, Kerouac. <laughs> Takes a minute before. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Edie texted me. Thanks, Kerouac. Edie. My bad. <laughs> I knew it was some crazy K town. Man, I read that book forever. Um, that book changed my life. Someone is, uh, Pam, well, not someone, uh, Paloma yes. is, is asking, can you share this name. soundboard um, if you remember it? Um... I can. It is. Where'd you get it? Snap. Here's what I'm going to do. I will put it in the comment section as soon as we're done and I'll pin it to the top. It'll be the pinned comment so everyone can see them at the top. Okay. And AB is asking, do you ever get in trouble for your cool little pranks like sticking an eyeball on a kid's or taping a cell phone to a wall? Uh, I do. So the taping the cell phone to the wall. I feel like you get eye rolls. <laughs> Even saying that, right? Saying, yeah, sometimes I tape cell phones to the wall. Um, I don't recommend everyone do everything that I do, right? So I'll answer your question in a second. It's, it is the spirit of what I do. So there are things that I do that I don't even mention on the internet because, because without context, they don't really make sense. So if I talk about like taking kids, so if kids have their cell phones out in my classroom, I ask nicely many times um, for them to put it away and then I take it from them. And if I take it, I hide it in my room and we give you 30 seconds till you can find it. If you can't find it, I got to keep it till the end of the day, bro. Or I just take a million pictures on their phones or I film stuff because you can always still access the camera. I used to take time uh, lapses of the parking lot. So it would just be like all the clouds. And it was actually kind of nice. Like kids enjoyed seeing like a time lapse outside of the building for a while. Um, but like, look, people, some people lose stuff all the time. Some people... Like, you might get in trouble for taking a kid's phone. Whatever. I don't know. It's a million of them. Mar, don't send me tweets right, or TikToks. TikToks right now. I'm doing live feed. Um, Mar constantly sends TikToks to us all day long. Did you see the dentist one she sent us? It was really funny. Um, Sorry. So, sometimes I take kids' phones. I wrap them in a bunch of paper towels. And then I tape them really high up on the wall. And then you can't reach it. Um, so, look. I don't recommend everyone do this. Have I ever gotten trouble? The only things anyone's ever gotten mad at are i i think it's, it are people without context like it's like when i shoot kids with water pistols this is something that pisses the internet off 
Um, or other teachers that I work with, there's one fly in I here that is like keeps have... showing up. So just be mindful. Um, We're gonna have a, a Pence moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Am I gonna have Mike Pence moment? Friggin' fly sitting on my head. Uh, like, I've had people ask me that have seen me do that. So if you don't know this, I take like a book, right? So if I have a book of a tiny water pistol, um, and I don't even get ones that look like guns anymore. They look like either alligators or dolphins. Um, so it's like as far removed. It's a it's a water squirter. It's a water delivery system, is what it is. <laughs> I put it in my hand, I put a book over my hand, and I can't see the water pistol, right? Um, the water squirter. The water delivery device. You can't see it anymore, and I just stand in the hallway like this, and I shoot it up in the air so that it comes down on kids. And they always go, yo, yo, did you feel, yo, did you feel that? What was that? And then I'll do it again, like, yo, I'm not playing. Some, and, I, and then they look at me, and I go, dude, the ceiling, the school's old. Like, I don't know, maybe something like it was the water. Yeah. So I blame it on the school. It is endlessly hilarious to me. But then I'll have people that have hit me up on the internet or at conferences that are like, you're shooting black kids in a school. Bro, what are you even talking about right now? Um, I'm like, you could take it there if you want. But you're wrong. What am I doing? I am disrupting the ordinary day to make something that's boring funny. That's what I'm doing. And if you want to take it that way, be like, go ahead. So have you ever but gotten in trouble with your admin I, at your school? I have been told by my admin not to do stuff. But then I show them what I'm doing and I win every single time. I've never had that level of pushup. So like when I give out mustaches, people get aggravated that kids well, come to their classroom. Like... Take the mustache off. I can't. Mr. Reynolds gave it to me. First of all, bro, you just ratted me out. Now you're dead <laughs> to me. Um, so it's like, or any number of, or like the one time, or like when uh, one time these two kids got in a fight, they put this enormous hole in the wall, huge, right? And it's just blackness behind it because it was under the stairs. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I made a sign that said the upside down because it looked like Stranger Things. <laughs> and admin got pissed off about that too. But like, there's, so there's like, but I've never gotten like in trouble in trouble because I'm say, always able to explain what I'm doing because it's always for the betterment of the school. Like yeah. it's never like, just look at me, look at me. Well, it's your shirt, right? You know what it is? <laughs> Education's all... only ever about the students. Available I just soon think you probably no don't really, you don't ever get in trouble. It's more eye rolls, right? They just get annoyed yeah. at your antics, but they've come to learn that that's who he is. So here's what it is. When you move to your new neighborhood, the cat lady's weird in the beginning. The lady with all the cats. You live there for a while, she, you just expect it. When you walk by her house, you don't complain that it smells like cat pee, there's cat food, there's 97 cats all over the place. You don't complain as much anymore, you get used to it. I'm like the cat lady in my school, where when I walk around the hallways with no sleeves on, when I want kids to go to class and I'm blowing bubbles, when I tell kids the floor is lava, and then the admin go, what are you doing? Stop screwing around. Get to class because the kids are walking on just the blue tiles. They go, Reynolds said the floor is lava. It becomes, all right, whatever, just go. Like that, it just changes. Those things change because you, you people get used to your weirdness. Okay, Summer Tate is asking, I am having a, an evaluation observation in Zoom on Tuesday. I'm thinking of using Jamboard for creating an interactive discussion like Chalk Talk. Any other suggestions on getting students to engage? <laughs> I don't even know what those things are. Um, I, have, I I know what they are. Uh, I, I Summer, I think it is, um, gosh, 
That's a great question. So I think, one, I'd give myself grace. I do not put a lot into reflections. I love criticism um, to an extent, and if I know, if I trust who it's from, uh, but I don't, I don't think observing teachers during this time is the best move because because we're all I think all teachers are really trying to do their best, um, so it's it's difficult to like have that uh, that piece now. So if I was getting observed, what else would I do? I think it is more about creating. Um, so what I would do is try and think of ways to get your students engaged on their level. And then, so if you take something that the students are interested in, right, and then you flip it into your lesson, right? So you can think of something that's going to just get them talking. So think about something that's going to just get them interested in what's happening. And that can seem completely unrelated. So the other day in class, we did, um, oh, snap, what was the journal entry? We were talking about partnerships and how people work well together within the context of the Odyssey. To amp up that, it, the question, the journal entry was, what is the greatest hip-hop collaboration of all time? And so kids wanted to answer that, right? It was like all these crazy different um, like ideas that they had. And then it was like, well, what makes those two people, three people, four people work well together? What are their strengths that they bring to the table? And then talking about when you have partnerships within any alliance, how do, like what are the qualities of a good partnership that, that people have? And so it tied right into it. It didn't look like it, but that was something that if I started with what are, what are qualities of a good partnership or what do people, to, in order to work in, as a team together, what characteristics do they need to have? That's not as exciting of a conversation. But what collab is the greatest hip-hop collab of all time that's something that my students are immediately excited about. And so you can do that. You could also do like what YouTuber collaboration or whatever, you know, you could take it to wherever you want, but um, that's, that was just more interesting. And I think when you do that, what you're showing folks is that you're doing anything you can to get kids engagement and then taking that energy that is built for just a moment and flipping it into something that they have to do is, is something that can be really useful as well. Um, but also have grace for yourself. Like I'm not for anyone out there, right? When you get observed this year, like who knows what this is going to look like. And I just wouldn't beat myself up because it's a lot to learn. And everyone should already know is that, or what everyone should already know is that teachers are already like working their asses off to get, to, to, to help kids to be proficient. I mean, that's my buddy, James P who's on here every week is like, off working right now so that he can like give his all this week. And uh, yeah, so I just think, remember that. And even if no one else knows that or doesn't think that, you know, you know it. What do you got? Piano Boy is asking, my first year is going great, but personal life stuff has been bad. I need advice as a first year teacher on how to keep moving forward. I am positive and uplifting for my students, but internally I am sad. I'm sorry that you're personal. having such a tough yeah, that's year. Really or difficult. personal. Um, hmm. I think one is giving yourself time and space to sort of process some of that stuff. Uh, I know that when our personal life is bad or difficult or 
you know, gosh, I mean, everything from like losing a lot of people in the last year and a half, two years in our family. Oh my gosh, we had like um, three major people, three major losses four, in like a year So and a half. four if you count Uncle Fran, right? So it's oh just God, like, um, it, it is... I, so here, here I'll, I'll give you two very simple things. And they're going to seem too simple maybe, but this is what I think you should do. Um, one is giving yourself time to grieve or time to feel bad about stuff and time to work on yourself. So that might look like stepping back from your work that you have to do for school, but being okay with, with doing that. Oh, yeah. Um, you, oh. I love that kid. Uh, and what that's going to allow you to do, it that really just changed the sound in here immensely. Yeah, it does. Um, my ADD is all over Sorry. the place right now. But what that's going to do is allow you to heal, right? So, like, if you look at someone that, um, if you get, like, a cut or you get hurt somehow, and if you hurt your ankle and you keep walking on it, it's going to get worse. If you have a cut and you keep messing with it all the time, like, you're just going to, it's going to get worse. It's like when you have a pimple and you just keep, you pop it and then you keep picking it and messing with it and stuff. It's like, dude leave the pimple alone. It'll friggin' heal. So it's giving yourself time and space to heal in the, in these moments or, um, and healing doesn't look like it's all better. Healing looks like I'm not like depressed laying in my bed under the covers at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. It's like, no, I'm like, I can, I, I'm expelling some of that hurt so that I can, uh, give myself room to, to take a breath, to heal, to feel better. Um, the other thing is not feeling like you have to be something in class if you're not there. Look, I think that 90% of teaching is acting. There are days when I go into school and I act like things are great and they're not great. There are days when I go into school and I act mad when I'm not really that mad. Um, it's, it's, it's an acting piece. But if you're not there, I, to me, it's being open with my students in some regard and saying like, hey, look, um, I have something going on, uh, like when my brother-in-law died last February, um, not so secret wife's brother, uh, suddenly it was letting my class know, look, this is what I'm going through. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not telling you this because you're going to piss me off because I'm going to get mad. It's like, just know that I'm going through this and I don't have like the, I can't be, you know, electric today. I'm feeling like, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like pretty wiped out. And I, I find that when we do that, we are, when we share a vulnerability with our students, it allows our students to share their vulnerability with us. You're being the example of what you want to see in your classroom. Um, and that's what we always have to do, right? If you want your kids to be kind, you got to be kinder. If you want your kids to work hard, you got to work hard, uh, harder than anyone there. If you want your kids to be vulnerable, be, to be open, to share with you, you have to be willing to do all those things with your students as well. So um, I think just doing those two things is the top two things I would think of to do. Um, I hope you get better, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Michael is asking, how do you help faculty slash students who always see the glass half empty or are always focusing on the negative begin to develop a positive mind frame? Um, I don't know about faculty. I think they're just, I mean, they're grownups, right? So it's just like, go be a grownup and you're going to be who you're going to be, right? Uh, I think if anything, go I ahead. I don't I think that's fair, but I don't think that unless oh, you, you have, I am. Oh, yeah. Domestic dispute time. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Go ahead. Where's your soundboard? I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 
No, I think if you're not, for faculty, it's just difficult because to do that, I think you have to have a, a connection, right? You can't just do that with people that you don't have any relationship or depth with, like that you're talking about. That's That affects like major internal stuff. Like when you already don't naturally have that mind frame, I think it, for adults, it takes a lot of internal look of like, why? And there's a lot of baggage that could probably like be attached to that. Yeah. So I just don't think it's an easier shift, but for students... Take but it away. for teachers, I would say, here's why I, I hate, I hasten to give advice to those that don't ask for it, right? So, like, if you're not asking me how to look at the half, glass half full, I'm not going to give you advice on it. But what I can do is live it out. What I can do is be, again, be the example and be this, yeah. and be, what I can do is, like I said, set myself on fire and, and watch the whole world to show up to, to watch me burn. Right. So it's like that. I think that that positivity is infectious. Um, it's probably sometimes annoying to people also, but it probably is annoying because you don't have it also. Um, and I can see that on myself. I can see how like the stuff that I do could be annoying to people. It's like, Oh my God, could you take a breath and like just knock it off or take it down a notch? And it's like, I, I can't like like I'm I'm too stoked about what's going on to, to do that um, to kids though I think we have a different opportunity and a different obligation because they're growing and changing and, learning. and yeah they're learning who to be yeah and so sometimes when you're young um, I think that it's one it's easier to make fun of someone than it is to lift somebody up um, when you make fun of someone, you make other people laugh or the person that likes you is like, Oh, you're kind of funny. And you're like, yeah, girl. Um, because you are like, you know, so quick and you're so witty and you're, you know, but like the kid that you're saying it to, like the, the people don't like the kids you're growing up with don't always get like, yeah, it's kind of a jerk move, dude. Like that kid like didn't deserve it or he's not as strong as you or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so I think we have that opportunity. I think it just takes small shifts with students to, Help them, because look, here, here's what it comes down to, and here's what most people don't know anyway, right? Adults and kids, is that you are 90%, 95% of what you think about today is what you thought about yesterday. And if what you thought about yesterday is what you're thinking about today, if that's this negative um, script that you keep talking to yourself about, when you wake up in the morning, if it's ugh, if you look at your body in the mirror and it's ugh, if it's, uh, you don't like the way that you dress and that uggs you, if you don't like the way your house is, what your situation, what your money situation is, what your classroom looks like, what your, um, relationship with your peers looks like, your spouse, with your students. It is when all that stuff is, is this, is this dialogue going on in your head of, I'll never be good enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have what it takes to be a good teacher. I'll never be like, you know, X. Um, if you, that, that negative talk is only going to keep you down. And I don't think young people know that they're even doing that. Hell, I don't think most adults know that they're doing that all the time. But when you can get students to say, right, it's not bad that you're having those thoughts. It's not bad that you're talking to yourself in that way, right? It's not bad. What you need to do is talk back to it. When you are passively bullying yourself and you're not standing up to yourself, bro, how can you stand up to anybody else? Like you need to tell that, like that voice in your head that says, I'm not good enough. I'm too fat. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm not coordinated enough to try out for the football team. Um, 
those guys wouldn't want to be friends with me because I'm not cool enough. Like telling yourself like, yo, shut up. And like, and I just had this conversation last night too um, with someone where it's not telling yourself to shut up. Like I, what I do is I literally, I snap my fingers and I say, stop it. This is what I do when I have these conversations with them. Stop it. Um, because I need to have like a cue that makes me go, that's not true. Like, or is that really true? Does, does your wife not really care about you? Does, do your kids really think that this is the thing? Does the um, school really not value you? Do, and, and so it's like, it's that kind of thing. Does everyone really hate you? Does everyone really hate you? And so it's, it is not self-deprecating, it's self-correction. It is with love being firm with yourself to, to let yourself know to knock that off and so that you can change the inner dialogue. And I think that's what we do with students is we help them to change their inner dialogue. And I think that that's what, like, that's why affirming kids so much in a way that is their love language, like whether that's low key with a sticker or a note or whether it's like high praise on the loudspeaker from the office, um, it's figuring out how to best communicate with those kids and then doing it so much that it's like, um, I just think of that time that I got an email from a student, I got text from a student who I used to tell you belong everywhere to. And then she got tattooed on her arm. Like that's how much you say things to kids that they like, I mean, that's extreme example. Of course, like I'm not saying everything you say is going to, you know, someone's going to get a tattoo, <laughs> but it's like, you are, tr you are challenging their inner narrative is what you're doing. I think it's, yeah. I love the idea of like reminding or asking yourself, is this a false narrative that I'm telling myself? Like, I literally just I had to, to do this that. before we came on today. I got pissed off at my son. Um, <laughs> and I had to walk out back and I was like, cause I hear this voice in my head and I got to go knock it off. Like, that's not true. What you're saying is you can say it, but it, you need to know that it's, that's bullshit. Yeah. And, and so that helps. Cole Hatcher is asking angry parent emails seem inevitable. I've, I've had a longstanding issue. Oh, I've never had a longstanding issue, but how do you not let that email ruin your day, week, month, make you want to leave teaching? Um, Oh God, this is such a great question. All right. So Cole, here's what you do with that. When you get an angry parent, anything, an in-person visit, an email, a phone call, it is when that person is on fire coming at you, I think it is, it is, oh gosh, I can't even think of a good metaphor for it to finish my fire metaphor. But when someone comes at me angry, there's two things that I do. One, I remind them. I need you to, to know before we even go any further. I'm really glad that you reached out to me because your child's success is the only thing that matters to me. Not being right, not getting away with something, not being, not getting you to see how, what really happened and they're not telling the truth. So this thing really happened and, um, or, or I told him, I told him 17 times he can make up the assignment. I don't know why he didn't do it. So now he has a zero. Look, nope. I gave him seven. Nope. We had 17 times and I don't even do late work, but I did it this time and I let him go with it 12 other times before this. And, and he keeps doing it. It's like reaching your child and helping them to have a successful year is all I care about. Right? So right from there, you have someone's attention is, is what we're doing is someone's coming at you. And you're showing them that, no, we're actually on 
the same team here. We're actually on team whoever your kid is and we're trying to both find success. How can we do that together? So I really want to hear what you have to say. And then it's not standing so firm on what you believe that it's going to, that it becomes, um, like a fight between the two of you. You never want to get into a power struggle. So if I have a parent that is aggravated because I gave the kid a zero, um, because I wouldn't let them make up some work that I, you know, the kid and I had the conversation and all makeup work was due by last week, but you still didn't do it. And mom's like, but I don't understand, but you didn't contact that with me or, or he didn't know, or he told me he didn't really understand. It's going, all right, what's the big deal, right? Like understanding that whatever decision you're going to make in the context of that conversation with that parent, um, to help get them on the same team as you is not going to change the outcome of that student's life, right? So if someone says, no, he didn't understand that the late work was due, even though I'm like, bro, there's a thousand percent chance that you understood. We had a conversation about it. I wrote it in an email. We talked about it after class. I followed up with you. You told me you didn't feel like doing it. That's why you didn't do it. But then mom got involved and you're all like, oh no, mom, I didn't, I didn't understand what I was supposed to do. It's going, all right, cool. I can understand that. It's a crazy world we're living in right now. In the virtual world, it's a hard to keep track of everything. So here's what we're going to do. That work is now due this Friday. Does this Friday work? Can that? Can we have it done by this Friday? Or we can make it due on Monday. That way you can do it over the weekend. If he needs help, you can help him out with it. Or you can show up to my office hours, which are on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Um, and I can help it out him out with it there. Because look, um, but know that going forward, I don't accept late work. But I do understand this. And I can have grace for this particular individual. That right there, it just changes everything where you didn't let someone get away with something necessarily. You didn't show the parent what was what and put them in their place. What you did was show them that you're a willing participant in their child's success. And now, now that you gave them the chance, you can then say, going forward, this is how things work in class. That I don't do late work. I don't do makeup work. I don't do extra credit. I do offer retakes on quizzes and office hours. Um, on Wednesdays and really any day after school that a kid just wants to shoot me an email first, I'm there for you because I only want your kid to win. And when you can paint that picture and then show what that looks like. So I'm not just talking positivity I'm sh or talking love. I'm showing love because love's a verb. I think that changes things for parents because um, then they can let that in. And then the next time they look at their kid and like, yo, my man is there like every day after school. He's he's willing to help you every step of the way. He'll read this. What? He was reading the story to you guys in class and you still didn't stay back so that you could hear him read it so you could answer questions together. Like when you paint that picture of what's available, it, um, when you're on the same team, it's impossible for parents to really go against you. And sometimes they do still and that's a whole different conversation. But I think that's the answer. Sorry, that was long. Oh, that's okay. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Um, how, do you, how, do, how do you say that? Um, Dion, I, th oh. I believe. I think we're seeing vowels for me. Oh, okay, Dion is asking. We I'm have curious. an issue with vowels in our family, which yes. is you know why my name is two consonants. <laughs> Ever think of that, CJ? No, that's but it. thank goodness. Uh, that's why I love you because I can spell your name. Hi, thanks. <laughs> I'm curious. What is your opinion of giving grades of fifty? Example: fifty for nothing or fifty for junk work. Where's your soundbar? Um, it's nonsense. And I'll tell you why. Because it is uh, when, when you work no hours, you get paid no money. The end. When you work all the hours. When you do overtime and you get extra credit, you earned it. 
When you get zero, you earned it. Giving kids 50s with this mindset that now they can just make it up somewhere along the way is showing everyone else you're doing all this work for nothing. That's why I don't do late work. That's why I don't do makeup work. That's why, and when I say that, it is if you have extenuating circumstances, if you, have, you were sick, there was a crisis in the family, you got attacked by a squirrel as you're trying to get into your shed to put your bike away, jumped out because he was eating the bird seed in there. Not saying that happened to me recently, but it did. Um, it is, that is different. Um, but if you were one of the kids that like, I see dudes on zoom in bed, my man, the other day, I'm going to put this dude on blast. I hope you're watching this. My man's eating a bowl. I'm not going to say his name, eating a bowl oh, of cereal yeah. like this, right? In bed, eating a bowl of cereal, right? I don't have a problem. You want to have a snack? I don't give a crap. I don't care. I don't care if you're riding a toy horse, if you're paying attention, eating a bowl of cereal, mid spoonful, knocked out, fell asleep. Like, eating cereal like my man i'm like you're gonna this is why i'm concerned now because you're gonna choke to death and we're all gonna watch you choke to death and it's gonna be terrifying you're gonna ruin kids we're gonna spill fell That's asleep <laughs> eating cereal and then it's like yo can i get a little extra time on this assignment i had another dude the other day told me by the end of class yo Reynolds, i didn't get the assignment done can i get it like a can i get it to you by the end of the day well what happened like how can you get it done? i gave it was only 40 minutes worth of work you had 80 minutes to do it what happened like really inquisitive, not being sarcastic or anything. He goes, not for real. Um, I, I fell asleep for 20 minutes and I didn't get it done. Nope. Sorry, bro. If your mom came in and you got in trouble, you had to have a conversation, little brother needed help on the internet, you could have made up a thousand different things. You want to come at me with, I fell asleep and I couldn't get it done? Trash. So I think kids get what they get and you don't get upset. Um... Now, what I will do is have that conversation on how can I help you grow? How can we change this going forward? I'm not at conferences the other night. I'm not doing makeup work, mom, because that's, you they're having too much trouble getting done what needs to get done now. The past is in the past. How are we going to change this going forward so your child can find success and grow and change? And that is the conversation that I like to have with kids. Forward thinking. Um, hold on. I'm sorry. I lost my place. Oh, That's all right. Goodness. Would you like, I haven't sung a song in a while. Uh, this is confusing me. Read that. Who? It's, t uh, Thing? Tien. Tien? I believe I say that right. Oh, all the time. I don't know. Okay, that sorry. That name. Okay. He is asking, I've the been laid train. off. Um, he said he's been laid off and put on hold because oh. distance uh, learning policies in our district. What can I do while I'm on standby to not feel like a sitting duck? I, so, oh, ooh, sorry. that's a great, first of all, that sucks. Um, and, but I love the idea that you're even thinking of this with, in terms of like, what can you do to get ready? I would, I just heard this recently too. Some teachers I think this translates this thing that we were just talking about this morning. Mm -hmm. Get super specific about this is my content. This is how you teach, right? Like it's like classroom management. It's like, it's like this very narrow uh, field of vision. Um, what else could you do that would be, that would make you a stronger teacher? So um, my guy, David Lee Roth, 
lead singer of uh, Van Halen, um, says that everything you've done in your life until now is cross-training to be who you are today, right? Like, so like me being a teacher, my years of being, wanting to be a clown, wanting to be a priest, wanting to be a musician, wanting to be a carpenter, all, even me, I had a dream of being a trash man when I was a kid because I loved watching like couches get crushed in the back of a trash truck. Um, that's a great YouTube channel, by the way. Uh, the, that stuff I loved, um, I didn't waste time doing it, even though I'm not that now. It was cross-training to be who I am. So what is there that you could do that would make you a better teacher? Um, I don't know that's always teaching stuff. So I might think about how can I learn um, to be more organized? How can I learn what about leadership qualities? Can I start reading books about leadership? Not school leadership, just leadership in general. I think it's going to bleed back into your practice. How can I get more healthy, more physically fit because the demands of the job, like sitting in this chair all day, I am sitting here thinking, when we went to Ikea last night, I had to load something to my car. Dude, it really hit me how friggin' weak I am. I'm so weak right now. Cause I just, I haven't been exercising regularly cause I've been just sitting in this chair yeah. and then my back hurts and I'm like, yo, I gotta like work my core out so that like, I can like, I, I like, cause you know, you just sit like this all day, like in the slumped up mode. Um, and, and so what can I do to make myself healthier, to make my mindset stronger, to gain more mental clarity? Like, I think it's thinking about some stuff like that as well. And then besides that, I'd really be looking at a lot of online stuff and like, just create lessons about stuff. Like I would literally, like if I had time off and I would be on like, Ed Puzzle, I'd be on Nearpod, I'd be on all of those different websites, figuring out how to do them, figuring out how to post lessons on them, figuring out how to share. I would just learn all that stuff so that I was, so that when I did get a job, I had this extensive knowledge. Because right now, I think one of the things that's keeping teachers down so much that's burning people out is there's not enough time to learn how to do the thing while you're doing the thing right? It's like learning. I hear people say this all the time. We're learning how to and building the plane while we're flying it. I never flew a damn plane before. All of a sudden this year, someone kicked my ass off a cliff and I'm like, whoa, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> it's like do or die time. And so take this time to grow in your craft and to grow in yourself so that you can show up to any job and feel like you're on fire. I got an amen from Lopez on that one. I just saw it pop up. I don't <laughs> usually pay attention to them on the side because they distract me. Uh, um, Laura Green is asking, um, this could be too large of a question, but what made you want to become a teacher? Um, the short version, so I have several videos about this, but the short version is, uh, look, I grew up, you know, I was just thinking the other day, I, I heard a really good podcast. Um, Tim Ferriss was talking to Matthew McConaughey, who has a new book coming out and I've always liked Matthew McConaughey, but, um, and I think I like it because he's just such a happy dude. Um, and I was listening to him and he was talking about his dad dying. And he said, I don't, I'm not glad my father died. Right. Like, and, and, and I thought this because my mom died when I was about the same time age he was when his dad died. I think it was like 22, 23 years old. Um, I would not be who I am today if my mother had not passed away. She would have been a crutch for me my whole life. And McConaughey mm -hmm. said the same thing about his father. So um, in doing that, like, I had these ambitions when I was a kid. I wanted to be like a drummer. 
because um, I knew I could always crash at my mom's house if I needed to. I wanted to be a clown because who cares if I made a lot of money? I was like going around the world being a clown. Like, um, but I wanted to be a clown that like worked in like, uh, like I, I guess so, like so-called developing countries so that I could uh, bring some peace to people that were feeling without it. Um, I wanted to be a monk for a while and a priest and like I stayed in a monastery for a little bit and like that but when some at one point in my life somebody mentioned why don't you be a teacher it it was one of those moments I've had a lot of these moments where it's like that's exactly what I like 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 almost like God spoke right when I moved to the neighborhood that I live in which we live in a pretty difficult neighborhood we moved here on purpose as soon as I drove in, I could tell you the, the intersection that I was at that I immediately knew this is where I'm supposed to live. Immediately knew when I was supposed to get married. Immediately knew when I was supposed to start having kids. Immediately knew this, not only that I was going to be a teacher, but what school I would be teaching at. Um, there is, there, I have those moments. And so that was one of those moments someone said that and I was like, yes. And I, and I thought, I've done nothing to this point to get ready for this. But then, like I said, the cross-training piece was there. I'm still on stage every single day. I'm still a professional jackass. I'm still caring for people that are on the margins or might feel like, you know, I'm make at the very least, I am making in the invisible know that they're visible. And so that to me, it was like everything in my life was preparing me for what I'm doing now. And now I think everything I'm doing now is preparing me for what's next in this next season of my life. So that's, that's the short of it. What you got, buddy? I need a um, glass of water. Like a large glass. Sorry, I'm trying to find because I'm skipping. Oh, okay. Jessica's asking, how do you teach a novel without reading the whole novel? Admin tells us to not read the whole novel. All other English teachers read the whole novel anyway. Um, I, you know, I, I do it all the time. Uh, and I do it because my students um, are largely not readers. And they just won't read the whole thing. So if we read The Odyssey... Um, there, there's this whole version of the Odyssey. I just take out the parts that I think are the most meaningful, um, or the parts I think are interesting or the parts I think they're going to like. And then I pull in some of that other stuff. But what I'd rather do is have them independently read entire books, right? So this, this is not, this is not that important to me. This is a vehicle for me to teach a whole bunch of other things, right? It's not the Odyssey. Like this could be any book. Like I do like the Odyssey. I do think that it's important that you read the Odyssey. I think tons of other literature is based on this. I think that there's references made to this book or to any of the other books that I read. Fahrenheit 451, Lord of the Flies, Merchant of Venice. The rest of your life, people are going to be referencing those books in some way, shape, or form. But it's not the book that's the important thing. It's the lessons learned. It's learning how to annotate. It's learning how to read. It's learning how to read for grit sometimes. It's learning how to comprehend something. It's learning how to infer things. It's learning characterization and conflict and all these other pieces. So the book is like, it's like, uh, what is it? Ryan Holiday says like the obstacle is the way. Like it is, it is the obstacle and how are we going to navigate this to learn all these other things? So in that, I don't really care if you read the whole thing, but I do think there is something to reading a whole book. I think there is something to even honoring the author with reading the entire work that they put so much time and effort and, you know, played the, paid the blood price for, you know, really. Um, so, but I'd rather do that with books that my students are like 
at least a little bit excited about reading. So when we do independent reading, that's why I let kids read anything that they want. You can read any book. I'll order any book you want. Um, so long as you read it. And that's been difficult this year because we're, you know, in the middle of this freaking pandemic. But, um, in school, I don't care if you want to read a cookbook, as long as it's on grade level, uh, or your level, then you can get it. So I'm not having like ninth graders reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid because I want to challenge you, but I did. There it is. Made it back. Look, turn this in black and white. Phew. Made it. Okay, we were just about to answer uh, or ask. Sorry about that. I, it was there was an internet issue. There, we're in the middle of a storm here, though, so I don't know if that messed it up. Um, Aisha Hutchinson is asking, what are some ways I love that Aisha you? I know, and she time. thought I skipped her question. No. Um, what are some way. ways that you can measure engagement while following social dis distancing and lack of technology? Wait, measure engagement? Yeah. Um, so, gosh, I, I, I'm going to say on the front end that I don't like this answer, but it's literally the only way I can figure it out. Everything in class right now is timed and everything has points attached to it. So you show up to class and here's what we do. First, um, five, less than 10 minutes, right, of class the other day. I looked up, um, a different soundbite thing, but it was like all soundbites from popular video games through the ages, right? So like Sonic, um, Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Mario or Mario, I say Mario, they say Mario, whatever. Um, and then it was like, all right, when you come in, like don't even do the do now yet, but like, here's what we're gonna do while we're waiting for people to come into class. Um, I'm giving away imaginary, enormous amounts of imaginary extra credit right now, which no one pays attention to the fact. No, they, they actually say it's like imaginary. that it's imaginary. I saw one of your classes. He was, yeah. You said it was imaginary points. He goes, okay. Yeah. Like he was down for imaginary yeah. points. But I don't know what they, I, I don't know. It's like, whatever. Uh, so I'll play a sound effect and you either, and you, you can't write it in the chat. And this gets kids that don't like talking out of their shell because I had some dudes, I had a kid that I have not heard in six weeks of being in school. My man was unmuting himself. I'm like, bro, I didn't even know you could talk. I thought there was something wrong with your speaker. Um, and I'm playing like the Sonic the Ring sound or what it sounds like when you go down the pipe in, in Super Mario Brothers or something like that. And it was like getting kids engaged and then saying like, but if you were late, you missed it, right? If you're, if you're more than 10 minutes late to class, you missed whatever dumb thing I was doing. Um, and there's a really good site for this called Sporkle and Sporkle is S P O R K L E, uh, Sporkle.com. There's all kinds of different weird. So it could be like you telling me which guys are which so that I can type them in and we can try this. Here are 20, um, logos from companies do you know what all the logos are for these companies and so it's like pepsi coke shell oil stuff like that um so that's one then it gets flipped to the do now all right guys the do now is up it is two questions the school wants me to do a do now every day so we can um get attendance so the two questions are whatever they're super easy like if you could combine two cereals to make a super cereal what would you do um and uh what you eat for breakfast this morning? And is there anything else I need to know that's going on in your life? You have literally five minutes to do this. I'm starting the timer now. Now it's five minutes, which is more than enough time to, to do it. Uh, then it is, then as soon as those are done, I unpublish it 
in Schoology, so now you can no longer do it because you only had the first 10 minutes. If you have extenuating circumstances, you can always argue the fact or ask a question later, but that, that's the deal. The other thing is um, my, my journal entry is about 10 minutes you have to do that, right? Everyone's doing the journal entry, and now I can see as you're turning it in if you're actually doing it, but while you're doing it, I'm grading the do now. So you're immediately getting feedback on the do now, right? It's popping up. Or if mom has push notifications or dad has push notifications to their phone, they're already seeing like, you got a great, you know, what'd you get a zero for already? And then they're like coming in the bedroom. Why are you already getting a zero? Why are we playing Fortnite right now, right? It's building in immediate feedback. Um, it's like on Jeopardy, they don't give you your points or your money later, right? You find out immediately right then. So then I grade the journal entries as soon as they start doing the next activity. And I close that as well. So it's the trains moving, but not in a way that I want people to feel um, anxious. I don't want them to feel hurried. I don't want them to feel like they don't really, they have like a, there's a processing thing going on and they don't really understand what to, what to do that. We can work through all of that stuff. I have grace for all of that stuff. Right. But what it's doing is a little bit of like urging kids forward. Um, like we're in a wave pool, bro, the waves coming. Like you're either getting hit by it or you're riding it. Like, so let's make it as fun as we can. Um, but let's ride the wave while we ride in the wave. And so that's what I do with a lot of the stuff in my class. That is, it's like, it keeps moving. So the momentum's there, but then the way you get them stoked about the momentum or about it happening is you do something seemingly or completely unrelated in the beginning. So that, um, when class starts, it just does all that stuff. And then I think like using sound effects, changing my background, doing all kinds of dumb stuff really helps too. Uh, Jessica said she gives away imaginary $5 all the time. And the yeah. students always... They're like stand bucks from, uh, from Gravity Falls. That's fantastic. Okay, we have um, two or three more last questions. AB is asking, what do you think about kid YouTube stars or other kids in the class who may not who may not have a social media following and not being as popular? Is it healthy to let kids be internet famous? Um, I, you know... I think it depends on the student. I think it depends on the parents. I think that um, my both of my kids have YouTube channels. Uh, and I see that their friends feel some type of way. Like Marley got 100 subscribers, right? She's 11 years old. This is a huge deal. This was like <laughs> monumental in our house. 100 subscribers? Because we talk about like how folks have like this conception of what they think a lot of subscribers means and so i even when my students say like you know they'll look at my subscriber count and they go that's not that many people i go bro do me a favor put fifty thousand people in a room and tell me what that looks like and tell me that's not a lot of people like that's a lot of people that's a that's a freaking eagles game well it's um, understanding your power too right that's a powerful fifty thousand people that's a lot yeah. of people even a hundred people yep. if someone's listening to you that's a lot of responsibility and and so it is i tell marley like a hundred people in a room you don't you, you're now out of the realm of like, you don't know everyone. Like I remember when it was like basically the five people, four people that subscribed to us, I knew all of them, right? Now like I friends don't, and family. Yeah, now I don't. Um, so it is communicating with your kids things like, this does not define your self-worth, right? But in the same way that I would tell my kid if they just happened to be good at football and they were the captain of the football team and they're amazing at playing football, if they were the Kobe Bryant of our neighborhood, that this does not define who you are right as a person the the like what kind of 
feedback, love, or hate you're getting from other people, right? That's just a good parental idea anyway. But when my daughter's friends dog her because like, oh, well, you have a better computer or you have, you know, your dad's already on YouTube, so you already had help. It's like, no, my kids work. Like to get that done, it is one of the things I think they work on the hardest. Marley does. Yeah, just sitting back here for hours. Or he does too. And editing. Bro does too. Yeah, Bro no, has I'm all his stuff on. Bro has the lights set in a certain way. He wants the he shades. Creates the he creates the, he's My man's into creating the space. He's like the Barry White of YouTube, which is weird. That was a weird metaphor. Um, <laughs> but he's creating that space. I think it is celebrating the hard work of others because no kid, no kid, Ryan's World, FGTV, no kid that's on YouTube is having an easy time being on YouTube and being successful. It is hard damn work. And so whether that's someone that's a child actor, I think it's it's working to help students be grounded and to know that their self-worth is not measured by, um, by their achievements. It is measured by the hard work that they're willing to put into something. So you wanna have YouTube too? Channel two, dope, bro. Let's go. Let's get it. I'll even help you with it. Um, you want to have, uh, you want to be a great basketball player? Let's practice after school. You want to be more fit? Let's do it. You want to be a better reader? Like, let's be the best reader. Let's win the spelling bee. Whatever it is, it's teaching kids that hard work leads to something, and I think that that's that's what I would do for them. What do you got? Oh, sorry. Um, Melissa Hewitt is asking. When I first became a, became a teacher, I found all of these great peeps on YouTube and they all left the profession to become teaching consultants or full-time YouTubers. Do you feel like you'd ever do the same? So that's really interesting. So immediately who I think of is Casey Morris, um, who's a friend of mine. And um, let me change this effect because it's gonna drive people insane. We could do that one. Um, Casey Morris, we could put bubbles, but no. So uh, that's who I think of because Casey Morris, was like, she was just in Fortune Magazine because she made like six figures last year or seven figures. Um, she made over a million dollars last year because she was doing um, teaching and doing TPT, but then started teaching other people how to do it. This is an interesting space that we're in now because I see um, folks that are on YouTube and they do start moving into these spaces where they're not teachers anymore. Well, I think um, for us, it starts backing up. Like our whole even reason we got on YouTube or even stumbled into teacher world, teacher social media yeah. accounts, we had no idea that even existed, was because our son wanted a YouTube channel and we were just supportive. And that, But then we learned as the adults who were using all the technology, learned all the skills and were like, well, let's... He, he got done with it. He was like... I don't want to have a family channel um, anymore. And so we turned that into something else. But the whole reason I think we started it was, or once it grew was, and we learned that there was a monetary, uh, you know, factor in that was like, well, wow, we could really provide for our family in a way that is needed. That Cause we can't otherwise. Yeah. That teaching just can't. If I didn't do YouTube or all the other things I do cannot provide for my family. I do not make enough money. Um, not as the sole provider no. for, when, uh, for me to stay home and be a stay at home mom nope. and a homeschool mom, for everybody's it, medicine, we, we rely on YouTube. Yeah. For their, and, and that's, I have special, special kids. I want to say like I have kids with very specific learning differences that public school doesn't handle. I have kids that have to take certain kinds of medication, but insurance doesn't pay for all that stuff. It's that kind of thing. Here's what I'm going to say to that. 
Do I ever see myself doing that? It's possible, but I'm going to say it like this. The reason I got into teaching, the reason I live where I live, the reason I got married to the person I got married to, the reason that I'm a part of the community that I'm a part of now, the reason that I take classes that I take after school, the reason I run my business the way that I run it is because I'm always, and I'm, we're going to go straight, we're going straight to Jesus here. I always follow Jesus with reckless abandon, meaning if I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I know that that's what I'm called to be doing, then that's what I'm going to do. The, the whole reason for this channel is to help teachers be the teachers they were called to be, be the teachers they dreamed of being. And so if that vision grows and that's what I feel is I'm called to next it is not my job to tell what I'm called by. Right. So like whether you're just you're spiritual or whether you're particularly religious or anything, but if you feel that calling, it is not my job to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. So it is really, um, I do like, I have felt this calling to create YouTube content, to create a specific kind of content that I create, to write the particular type of book that I wrote, um, to speak to places and to help students and to, to do the work that I do. So we'll see what's next. It's not off the table, but what I'm looking to do next, right, is this. And I've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I won't go on real long about this either, but to just share what I'm looking to do is I feel like in culture right now there, let's, let's talk about the fact that there are very few black and brown male teachers in the classroom, very few black and brown teachers in the classroom at all. Um, but like, like comparatively, right. It's like education is mostly white women. Um, how do we diversify that? Because I think that our students would benefit from, from a diversity of people that are really well educated, that like, that love what they're doing. Um, because how do we, let's even go real deep. How do we combat racism on some real level, right? Like some of that is through politics. Some of that is through policy, but a lot of that is heart work. A lot of that is connecting heart to heart and getting to know people. So you want to have your kids be anti-racist, have them like part of that I think is if you had a black teacher, you'd see someone as something different. You'd see someone as um, not what your parents taught, not what you saw on TV, not what you read in a book, none of that shit. Um, so I think that part of that is creating pathways and pipelines for people to actually become teachers because we all know that like student teaching is like four months of work, sometimes in some states, a year of work for no pay. How do we create that? The idea of raising money is so utterly tiring to me as a teacher to go on donor's shoes. I love donor's shoes. I hate waiting for my shit to get picked up, right? Um, I want to write checks. And so if I can work with some companies, if I can work with some businesses, if I can meet people and create a community of folks that are helping that it's like you just go to your community or I can just help directly, I'd rather do that. So every time I have a kid that needs shoes, every time I have a kid that needs um, that's away at college and doesn't have detergent and they hit me up. I want to just be able to give them detergent. I don't want to have to write freaking, you know, the supermarket, a letter or go in and talk to the manager and, and go through the whole rigmarole. Cause I can't afford my lifestyle as it is, let alone helping students. I think that that's what, that's what the, the end goal is to just be a blessing in the world. Yeah. So for me, it's about all the people that have left or that they, they have, you know, found through social media. Yeah. I just think, what are they doing when they leave social media? And I know Casey Morrison. Their... I think she's doing like, she's one of those people I think of that. I'm just like, you're doing great stuff, dude. Like mm -hmm. I've talked to you like after the show, like yeah. after the interview. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, you're up to like, you're doing good stuff. And I love that. So it's like, keep doing it. Do it loud. Do but it that's louder. important, right? I mean, just as important as it is for to have good teachers in the classroom. It's a, 
it's a hard thing. Yeah, well, I because think... what you're doing is, you're, I, to my, my view of it is I can help this many students every year, right? When I can go hopefully inspire, motivate teachers to be the teachers they were called to be, now you're helping an enormous amount of students potentially. Which impacts a lot of yeah. students. So we'll yeah. see. Anyway. Um, do you want to end on a different question? Yeah, let's do the last one. Okay. Andrew is asking, how do I deal with students who say outlandish things such at such and such as a communist or this is a, uh, this state is fascist? They just kind of like outburst stuff. I'm guessing. I'm struggling <laughs> with figuring out what to do. She's, he is asking. I love it. I love it. Right. So like kids, like kids say the darndest things, right? Um, I think some of it is Andrew, um, I just, I just never take things to heart. I never get worried about things. I never get crazy about stuff that kids say. I've had kids say the craziest shit to me where they're just like, you're a racist. And I'm like, bro, like, I swear, like maybe, maybe there have been times in my past, maybe there are implicit bias that I'm dealing with, but I am in no way, shape, or form an outward racist, nor am I sexist, nor am I homophobic, right? Like, it is, it is. I think, sometimes stopping kids and not laughing in their faces. Sometimes it does make me want to laugh because kids will just say, like, the craziest stuff. Like, you want me to fail! You want me to fail! And it's like, have you any idea who you're talking to right now? Um, instead, it is flipping that. Right, because what's somebody gonna say if a kid says something out of pocket? Stop it! You're gonna get sent to the to the office. You're gonna get um like points off. Uh, get out of my class. We don't talk about people like they call people a fascist or a racist. Get out of my classroom right now. There's no room for that. No, there is room for that. It's called school, and so stopping and going. Maybe not right then. Maybe it's later. Maybe it's after class. Maybe it's after school. Maybe it's during lunch, bro. You called me a fascist. You called someone else a fascist. You called Can you break that down? Because I, because guess what? What you think, what you about you that I want you to break this down for me. Because I want you to feel comfortable in this classroom. I want you to be a contributing member of this community. And I think that in this time, you know, here we go, sound like an old guy again. In this time that we're living in of cancel culture where you say something, act like something. Like we had a kid last year that was a Trump supporter. It's the only kid in my whole school that I knew was a Trump supporter, right? I live in, working like a very, like pretty, people I work with are pretty liberal. Um, and, you know, it, it is what it is. But kids hated him. Kids gave him tons of crap. And instead it was like, no, you got to stay after school. We got to talk about this. Like, I'm very interested. And I think that that changes things. It helps kids to know that even though you said the craziest shit ever, that what you're doing is you're breaking it down on a level that you're showing kids what it looks like to be a listener. And not because I want to be right, not because I want to change your mind, because they care about you, because what you think is important, who you are is important, and who you become is important. And so I'm going to take the time, energy, and effort to sit with you and to just listen to what you're saying doesn't mean we have to agree doesn't mean you're going to change doesn't you might come in the next day still think everyone's fascist or a racist or a sexist or whatever it is um or that everybody hates you or the whole world wants you to fail or whatever it is but what i can do is i can wear you down with love and that love's going to be all up in your face because i'm going to show you what it looks like 
to be um, someone that listens, someone that cares, someone that's empathetic, someone that's sympathetic, whatever the situation calls for. And I think that that is really where students are coming from whenever they do anything outlandish, right? Um, whenever I had a mohawk, I liked that people looked at my mohawk, right? Even though, like, I had friends with mohawks, I was like, there's people looking at me like I'm a freak. Bro, because we got, God, we have a, a receipt of hair in the middle of our head. Like, what'd you think people were going to do? We dyed our hair purple and dudes get all, like, look at it. Why are they looking at me like that? Bro, because we have purple hair. No one has purple hair. We got, we made this look like this. Of course people are going to look at us. It is, but instead of someone just judging me, if they were like, can we talk about this real quick? Um, this is a curious hairstyle. The fact that your head looks like a leopard. Now, um, like, can we talk about this? Like, and I do this all the time with kids that have different styles, different preferences and all kinds of different stuff. They listen to music that's not the norm. So it is about bringing those kids in closer instead of pushing them away. So yeah, that's it. Done. Cool. Gang, listen, we got, that was a long one. These shirts they're coming out soon. It's not the only one. We have a whole bunch of other ones. Why did you um, bring the other one to show at least? Because uh, it's in the other room. Okay. There's another one. It says, uh, your advice, your attention is more important right now. But, you know, Germany won't send me my hoodies right now because of COVID. So I got to figure that out. I have John Lopez call them and talk to them in German. Um, that's it, gang. I hope that you have a wonderful week and you have a great rest of your Sunday. Uh, and in some parts of the world, I hope you're enjoying Monday morning. Um, that's it, everybody. <laughs> Peace. Hitting all the buttons. Or you can go buy the book, too. We'll just say that real quick. Go buy the book. Amazon.